Megan with Monarch Roofing. I'm here with Chase Roth, owner of Sano Steam Cleaning and Restoration. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, so I, I've got to know Chase over the last few weeks or a few months, more or less, and I, he just has a really interesting story. So I wanted to bring him on to kind of talk about that. Um, first of all, you are a veteran. Yes, that's correct. And you also own this business with your brother. So that I, I'm excited to kind of dive into both of those elements of your business. Um, but please, before we you know dive into that, can you tell us a little bit more about your business, how you got started, what made you get into restoration and cleaning? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question and uh, it's an interesting story. So like you said, me and my, uh, my brother-in-law, Joe, are the owners. And uh, we're both Marines. Uh, I did 13 years active duty. I've been out for about seven years now. Uh, and he's still a reservist. Uh, he's getting close to hitting his 20 and he'll be able to retire soon if he wants. Um, and he left active duty uh, to the reserves around the same time that I just left active duty. And um, you know, we both had to figure out what we wanted to be when we grew up again after leaving our full-time active duty gigs. And we looked at business uh, as our, you know, our primary goal. And neither of us really cared to, you know, go look for work in the corporate world. And uh, the service industry was appealing to us for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, one of those being uh, you know, generally lower overhead than businesses like restaurants. We don't have to lease a big space and spend a lot of money for a kitchen outfit and that sort of thing. Uh, also, you're spending less when you're making less because you don't have to be open from, uh, you know, like for example, the coffee shop is open from you know 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. whether anybody comes through the door or not. You know, for us it's a little little different. Uh, and then the ability to expand is is easier too. You know, if we want to expand our business, you know, we buy another truck and hire a couple more employees. We don't have to. Uh, lease another space and build it out and, and that sort of thing. So there are a lot of elements that were attractive to us about the service industry. And um, one of the things too that you do, it's, it's not just one, it's like cleaning services, water damage, mold services, tile grout cleaning. I, there's like a number of things that you specialize in, right? And can you expand upon why why that or, you know, what made you decide that that was like a passion point for you? Yeah, so the, the business, uh, we offer a lot of services because the equipment that we use is capable of doing a lot of things. Uh, you know, we use truck mounted uh, hot water extraction machines which are capable of uh, carpet cleaning, upholstery cleaning, uh, tile and grout cleaning. Um, we used to use it for hardwood, but there's there's better technology now that we've acquired for that. Uh, we do dryer vent cleaning, air duct cleaning, and then we did add pressure washing last year. To us, it just made sense to, to try to be that one number that a homeowner or property manager can call for a variety of services instead of every time they needed something, having to go to Google and read a bunch of reviews and try a new company out. You know, if you trust us to come into your home to clean your carpet, then why not trust us to do your pressure washing and clean your tile as well? You can get a, get a one-stop shop. Yeah. And then the, the water damage and mold remediation are just, uh, they're natural complements to the cleaning services. Uh, again, we're already in the home, we're already in the building providing other services. Uh, so trust us to handle that for you. <laughs> 
And what are some of the more common things that you find when you're when you're going into a home? Like, what's sort of the process of you know if a customer calls? Like, what do they need to do, or what information should they have on hand, or how do you handle each customer? Well, it really depends on what they're looking for. Cleaning services are usually fairly straightforward. Um, you know, we'll ask. Uh, a series of questions about their needs to make sure they're they're getting the service that they actually need. Uh, sometimes people don't really know why they're asking for a service, and you have to drill down on that. Could be they had pets that made messes, or young kids, and that sort of thing, or they have allergies, um, or they're concerned about COVID, and that's why they need their air ducts cleaned uh, and sanitized. Uh, the trickier ones are water damage and uh, mold remediation those are major problems that people didn't plan for you know so for example if uh, you know the supply line on your refrigerator bursts and your kitchen gets flood flooded and ruins all your cabinets and your flooring that's a major remodel that a person wasn't planning to have to do right now it'll probably be an insured event but still it's inconvenient you might be out of your home while the construction's going on it just isn't something that someone was planning for you know so that takes a little more uh, coaching through the process and I think a big portion of your business, too, is education. Yeah. To your point about they didn't expect it, they didn't know. I, most people don't necessarily go, oh, yeah, I've, I've had this happen before. So right. I feel like a lot of what you do is education for the customer to make them feel more comfortable as well. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I mean, our, our, our primary goal is... Uh, you know, to, to provide the customer what they need. And that may or may not involve us at the end of the day, right? So whether we end up being hired to provide a service or not, as long as the customer uh, is getting what they need, that's what matters. You know, so for example, um, mold remediation. Uh, there's, a, there's a mass hysteria about mold, I think, that's been developed through all of the, you know, home and garden TV shows where they <laughs> pull up carpet or... You know, they go to pull out and replace uh, a piece of wall or something and they see what they think is mold and everybody screams and runs out of the building like it's on fire, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've seen that. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, mold isn't exactly like that, right? It's not going to kill you because you looked at it. Right? But there are a lot of health concerns, especially for people who have uh, you know, asthma or allergies um, or if it's bad enough and you have long-term continued exposure to high concentrations of it in the air, it can be very bad for your health. Um, so we get a lot of calls, especially uh, this year, um, believe it or not, that are still residual from Hurricane Florence a few years back. Uh, people are finding mold because of poorly or improperly treated water damage. Uh, that occurred a couple of years ago. So it's in the walls and floors and that sort of thing. So we get a lot of calls on that. And you know, people assume that it's as simple as come in, I, I have this spot of mold, let's just you know clean it up, use some disinfectant and it'll be good. Well, it's, it's never that simple with mold. Um, so it takes a little bit to explain to the customer that we need to do a full inspection, which includes air samples, surface samples, an investigation as to why there's mold in the first place, because uh, there has to be a humidity problem for mold to exist in an indoor environment. And that could be HVAC related, it could be from an old uh, storm damage or wind-driven rain from a hurricane, it could be from a leaky water pipe somewhere. There's something that's allowing the uh, environment to be right for mold. And if that isn't corrected, then no amount of cleaning is going to do any good, right? Because right? right. it's going to come back. 
So you know, we're, we're very uh, uh, persistent in rooting out the cause uh, and treating that first, because otherwise you're just putting a Band-Aid on and it's gonna come back again. Does one story stick out to you that you've had an experience from that you'd, you know, that you'd wanna share or something that is like a cautionary tale to those listening about something that had happened where you're like, oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess one that happened this year, uh, this was mainly just in, in uh, contractor selection, I guess. Okay. Uh, we had a customer that uh, called, had a concern about mold in one of their commercial spaces that they were leasing out. Uh, so we went out and looked at it and we could see visible mold growth in several different places within the, uh, the space. And so we had our inspector go in and do a full inspection, uh, run the air samples, surface samples, investigate why there was mold there in the first place. And uh, we submitted our report to the customer. The customer then asked for an estimate. And so we went and uh, took measurements and did everything we needed to do to provide a full estimate to the customer for a proper uh, remediation to industry standard. The customer accepted our estimate, and so we did the work. And when I talked to the customer afterwards uh, about how he felt everything went and uh, you know why he went with us and if he had other estimates in the beginning, and he told us that he uh, he did get a uh, a second estimate uh, prior to hiring us, and that our estimate was almost twice as much as the other estimate, but that he chose us anyways because we followed a process that allowed us to identify the cause. And the other contractor had only offered to come in and clean up what was visible without identifying the root cause of the moisture problem. And in this case, it turned out to be, uh, they had some electrical work done. They had some automatic blinds installed in the space and the electrical contractor had drilled holes uh, through the attic, through the ceiling down into the walls to run wires and then had never filled in uh, or sealed those holes back up and replaced the insulation. So the building had been pulling hot, humid attic air down through the walls into the space, which had caused the mold. And without fixing that problem, if we would have cleaned it, it would have just come back come again back. in six months. And who would have thought? I mean, right? you know? Uh, so again, back to like customer service, education, like you're really providing the full level of service. Yeah, and that's what was great about that that example is you know, we provided him a report of what was wrong and what he needed to do to fix it. He could have hired anybody else to do the work for him. He didn't have to hire us. He could have gotten an estimate from 10 other companies to, to perform the work, but he knew what the problem was and he knew what needed to be done to fix it. So at the end of the day, we provided a service that was needed by that customer. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is and the, trust. Yeah, which is the knowledge required to, to fix the problem, not just put a Band-Aid on it. No one wants a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. <laughs> problem. Not on that sort Trust of me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of pivoting, too, into more of the family dynamic, how is it like being a family-run business, and how does that kind of work? <laughs> good, better, and different? Um, it's good. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, you know, we know each other pretty well. We work well together. I'd say one of the main disadvantages is uh, when you're an owner-operated business and both the owners are related, um, it makes 
going on vacation as a family difficult, oh. right? So if, <laughs> you know, uh, like both our families decide we want to, you know, go up to the mountains for skiing for a weekend or something, um, it, it would leave the business unattended. So, right. you know, deconflicting that sort of thing, uh, you know, can get difficult at times, but, uh, but otherwise it's great. Well, and then, so like you had mentioned before, both of you have been in service. One still is technically in the service. Mm-hmm. How, how has things shifted for you now being an owner operator? Um, you know, so basically going from this regimented experience to now having to transform or translate those skills into the civilian world. That's a good question. Um, hmm. I put you on the spot. I know. <laughs> no, there's just so many, so Elements. many aspects to that to that question. Um, yeah, I think there's there are a lot of things about service that that prepare uh, a veteran well for business ownership. Um, you know, military service is is full of emotional highs and lows. Right, like of of the most extreme kind. Um, you have uh, the lowest of the low when you uh, you know you go on a deployment and you you lose a buddy, um, and then you have the highest of highs when you come back from that same deployment and you're greeted by your family and there's a big celebration and signs and you haven't seen everybody in so long and then you know that emotional high is tempered with. Uh, uh, you know the the reality that in a couple of days you're going to be attending memorial services for the guys that didn't come back, right? So there's these constant extreme highs and lows, and I think business is very similar in that regard. Though maybe it's not, uh, you know, as as much a life or death situation and being away from your family for nine months to a year at a time, but when you run a business um, as an owner. Uh, there's a lot of risk involved with that. There's yeah. financial risk. There's, uh, you know, liability. Um, you know, you're responsible for payroll. You know, there's people that are depending on you to uh, make the business run well enough so they keep getting their paychecks and they can take care of their family. There's customers that are counting on you to solve their problems uh, the right way um, and for a fair price. And you know, you have times where things go really well and you're, you're, you're living high and then you have times where, you know, it's rough, you know, like 2020 was extremely rough for a lot of people. Um, we were, we were fortunate. I mean, we had a very rough year business wise, but, um, we were fortunate in that we were still able to maintain our staff and, uh, keep everybody on payroll. Uh, that wasn't the case for everybody. So I think, uh, you know, some of those experiences as a veteran, uh, put me in a position to be, uh, prepared to deal with some of those highs and lows that come along with business ownership. Would you have any advice for someone listening to this that is transitioning out of the military and thinking about their career opportunities and choices? Would there be any advice that you could give them from your perspective? Oh my gosh, that's a oh, loaded. We could, we could talk about for hours probably. How much time do we have? Um, now that that's a you know that's that's a topic that's worthy of discussion. Um, it's a very stressful experience, um, you know, as a lot of people can relate when you're in a, a particular career field for an you know an extended period of time, and then suddenly you have to make a, a huge transition into something completely new and different. Um, you know, and in my opinion, it doesn't really matter what you did in the military when you go to the civilian world; it's new and different. Everything's different about it. 
um, you know, there's, there's, there's some main ingredients that are hard to replace, uh, you know, that you had in military service. And I'll get into those in a second, but I guess uh, to more directly answer your question first, there are a lot of resources uh, available to veterans now that weren't available even just, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, a lot of transition groups that are there to help with resume writing and job placement. Um, there's a lot of veteran uh, entrepreneur startup groups and incubators that are there for those interested in business. Uh, there are a lot of free, very high quality resources available. Uh, you just gotta get on Google and find them or talk to other folks and find them. Um, well, and you're a member of uh, the Veteran Business Collective, yeah. which we started here recently, and you got to attend one of our, our meetings. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I feel humbled to be in the presence of so many folks that have one transitioned out that are our veterans but have served I, I of course am a civilian so it's a it's a humbling experience to be around so many awesome folks that you can't relate to in the sense that you have no idea that bond and that relationship that you don't even have to speak to another veteran to know that there's a certain level of camaraderie I just feel that energy every single time I've, I've been around you guys and gals, of course, for that matter. But I also think what you guys are trying to do for the Wilmington community is just phenomenal. It, it really is. You're helping each other, but you're also allowing folks like Monarch to come and be a part of that. And whatever we can do to support that is something that We've talked about before, but it, it's it's going to keep evolving and growing. And I'm I'm so looking forward to that. Awesome! It's great to hear such positive uh, feedback from your experience there. Um, you touched on a couple of really good points. One of them being, uh, you know, the the camaraderie, the uh, the the instant acceptance uh, acceptance between veterans, right? Due to our our shared experience of service. And that's one of the three things the Veteran Business Collective has identified as essential uh, to preventing a lot of veteran-related issues and ensuring a, a successful transition and post-military career. And one of those is uh, having a purpose and meaning, which in the military when you woke up every day, you were serving a, a cause and a purpose greater than yourself. You weren't there just for a paycheck, right? You wore the American flag on your sleeve and there was a, a very... Uh, important reason for what you did every day and that's a tough thing to replace when you leave service and go to the civilian world uh, finding a uh, something that seems as uh, as valuable um, as a valuable way to serve your your community or your country as, as military service was um, and a second um, uh, part of that is a sense of belonging you know, a tribe that understands and accepts who you are. And in the military, like you just pointed out, that was a given. You all went to boot camp together, or officer candidate school together, and you had that, that shared common bond of military service that, that just made you accepted within the group. Um, you know, and we didn't have a lot of sub-tribes within the group. We were all just service members. And that's, that's something else that's difficult to find when you leave uh, military service is a, a new tribe that, that can understand you, relate to you, and appreciate you for who you are and your past experiences. 
Um, and then the third thing is economic stability and success. Uh, in the military, your you know your your paycheck was coming in every two weeks. Uh, your health care was taken care of, and you were working towards a pension. Um, you didn't have to worry so much about taking care of the family. That was that was going to happen. Uh, when you leave military service, you know jobs can be unstable. 2020 proved to everybody that you never really know yeah. what's going to happen. You know, right. owning a business can be unstable. Um, you know, getting started is hard. Finding that uh, that good cultural fit um, in a company that has a purpose that you can you can appreciate and get behind and provides good economic stability for your family. Those three things are all critical. Uh, to a veteran success outside the military. And at the Veteran Business Collective, those are the, the three things we're, we're aiming to provide. And you jumped ahead, but I love that. So I wanted to ask you, because you're one of the founding members of this organization and this new business networking um, group, can you explain to the audience why you thought of this idea, how you came about um, you know, choosing the folks that were going to be part of, you know, your core leadership team and how folks like me got invited into, into this group that aren't necessarily veterans themselves, but certainly supportive 100% of the community. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, it was about a year ago, maybe a little less, um, you know, COVID had, uh, kind of just started and shut everything down and, uh, I think I had made it to one networking event in person prior to COVID shutting it down for 2020. And, you know, a lot of them just seemed very, uh, you know, the networking group seemed very superficial. Um, there's not a lot of member buy-in, a lot of companies, um, you know, don't put a lot of effort into making them, uh, you know, productive for their membership. Um, and. I also couldn't find any networking groups that were veteran specific for uh, business owners. Veteran business owners was, was the main thing I was looking for. We had, you know, uh, with Bunker Labs in town has a presence here, but their, their main focus is providing a, an incubator space for tech startups and resources around entrepreneurship, particularly within the tech field, which isn't super helpful for you know the guys that are out there already running a business for the last five years or three years or ten years or whatever it may be and, and maybe they're an arborist or maybe they're a carpet cleaning company like me um, and so I wanted uh, to find a group where it was a you know a hyper local within the community uh, veteran centric business networking group I couldn't find one uh, so I figured, uh, why not try and start one, see what happens. Um, so to answer your question about how I chose the people that are involved, I just I just called some of my buddies in town that are veteran business owners, and I said, hey, this is something I see as a need. Um, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you guys think? And they all said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. I said, okay. So we did it. We did our first meeting last November, and we had, I want to say, about 15 people show up. Um, in February, we had over 60 show up to include a sitting congressman and uh, who's running for Senate right now. Um, and then we, that momentum's just continued on in, into March. Um, we're you know, formalized now. Uh, we're looking at, we've got folks we've already interviewed for chapter president positions in 
Charlotte and Asheville and New Bern. Uh, so those should be coming online. So there's a lot of energy and enthusiasm behind what we're doing. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of benefit to the members that, that they see and that's what keeps them coming back again. Uh, and then in response to your, your question about uh, you know, how did we decide or how do we go about getting civilians like you involved? Well, I think a huge part of veteran success is uh, you know, having a, a community and, and corporate environment that understands veterans, where they're coming from, what sort of uh, positive traits they bring to the table due to their military service, uh, but also uh, some of the things that the community and, and companies can do uh, to, to ease the, the stress and strain of uh, transition and civilian life for veterans. So I think community outreach is extremely important. Uh, and then there's also uh, lots of folks like yourself and Monarch Roofing who care a lot about the veteran community and want a way uh, to be involved and, and to have a give back that's veteran centric. So I think it's absolutely critical that we have civilian involvement in our organization. Uh, I plan to fill uh, several of our board seats and advisory board positions with uh, civilians for that exact reason. We need that community engagement um, and civilian support. Oh my gosh! How do you how do you end like that? <laughs> how do you end this podcast with that? Um, would you have my last question for you? Because I feel like I'm gonna start to get emotional about this conversation. Oh, but sorry. no, it's okay. I mean, you know, it's near and dear to my heart, so I have to hold myself back. Um, how can if customers need to reach out to you? How can they do it? Again, we'll link everything to our this episode's bio, like this podcast bio. Yeah. So, but tell us how can they get in touch with you if they need your services? Yeah, for for Sano, um, you know, we'll respond twenty four seven for emergency water damage calls. At, uh, the the office phone will forward directly to my cell um, during non business hours. Uh, and that number is 910-350-0000. Easy. Be the easiest number <laughs> you ever have to remember. It's a three and a five and then five zeros. Doesn't get simpler. Um, or you can email us at info at Sanosteam. Uh, for cleaning services, you know, we answer the phone Monday through Friday, eight to five to schedule regular cleaning appointments. Um, you can also book online at sanosteam.com. Uh, and fill out requests for service as well. Um, so we're, we're pretty easy to get in touch with. Um, yeah, email info at Sanosteam, the website, sanosteam.com, or you can call 350-0000. And then if anybody is listening to this and feels inspired or wants to help you with the, the business networking, um, how can they get involved? Like where, where should they go to get involved or they can they up. can get a hold of me through through my business contact info okay. that I, I just posted or uh, they can email admin at vetbc.org or chase c-h-a-y-s-e at vetbc.org or visit the website at veteranbusinesscollective.org Awesome. Thank you so much for this. I really yeah. appreciate No, I really on. appreciate you having me on. This was great, okay. and I appreciate everything Monarch does. I mean, you guys are fantastic. Between the free roof for uh, veterans that you do every year and then your involvement with organizations like ours, uh, I mean, you do set the standard for, uh, you know, civilian involvement in veteran organizations in the community. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in next time.